Hey guys, welcome back to the Bible Podcast with Hunter Davis. Guys, if y'all have any comments or concerns, email me at hunter4boxer at hotmail.com. That is hunter4boxer at hotmail.com. I'm eager to hear your guys' opinions on the show and how you like it so far, and any concerns you may have and tips you may have would be very appreciated. So today we start in verse chapter 17, which begins with the Transfiguration very powerful moment in the Gospels. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. This was fulfilling what Jesus said in in chapter 16 verse 28 when he said truly I tell you some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom that prophecy was fulfilled in the transfiguration verse 2 just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus see here Moses represents the law and Elijah the prophets we learn that in Luke 9.31, it says that they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. So Moses represented the law and Elijah the prophets, and they're discussing the cross. It tells us the law and the prophets both point to Jesus. Verse 4, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. See, Peter thought this was a fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. It looked back at the forty years of wandering and looked forward to the kingdom to dwell with mankind. Peter thinks that this kingdom is coming now with this transfiguration moment. But God the Father interrupts Peter telling him to listen to Jesus. There was more that was needed for the coming kingdom, and that was his sacrifice. Verse 6, When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came up and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. These awestruck disciples fell face down to the ground in verse 6. Based on the Greek word Matthew used, the disciples' fear was more terror than reverence, although their posture may have suggested an element of worship too. Continue in verse 9. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. In Malachi 4, 5, we read that it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great, that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children, and the hearts of the children to their parents, 
or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. It says he will send the prophet Elijah, and he did send that prophet, prophet in the spirit of Elijah, and that was John, preparing a people's heart to receive the Lord. And that's what John did. Pick up in verse 14. Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. See, the overwhelming experience on the mountains soon gave way to everyday reality. Jesus and the three disciples returned from the mountain. While they were away, a crowd had gathered with the nine remaining disciples. During Jesus' absence, the nine disciples had tried to heal an epileptic boy, but without success. The disciples asked Jesus why they had not been able to heal the boy. After all, he had given them authority to heal the sick. Jesus blamed their failure on their lack of faith, or better, minuscule faith. See, one of Matthew's favorite adjectives is a word translated little faith. Matthew uses it five times in his gospel. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 30. Chapter 8, verse 26. Chapter 14, verse 31. Chapter 16, verse 8. Chapter 17, verse 20. The word is really a combination of two words, meaning a small amount and faith. Jesus spoke this word as a tender rebuke during the time, during the disciples' time of anxiety. It's also important to cultivate faith. Faith as small as a mustard seed suggests, suggests not only little faith, but also life and growth. Verse 22, Jesus predicts his death a second time. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. The disciples were filled with grief in verse 23. See, although they were becoming accustomed to the fact of Jesus' coming death, they were finding the idea very troublesome. And we know from Luke's account that their conversation with Jesus concerned his coming death. Verse 24, the temple text. After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? he asked. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? From others, Peter answered. And the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch. Open his mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them, to, the, to them, for my tax and yours. 
So poll tax collectors came to Peter and asked him whether Jesus paid the annual half-shekel tax, with Jesus, with which Jewish males were required to pay for temple upkeep. Jesus took the opportunity to teach an important lesson. As sons of the kingdom, he and his disciples should be exempt from having to pay the temple tax, so as not to offend the Jews he was trying to reach. However, he would pay the tax. He then gave instructions to Peter to catch a fish. The first fish he would catch would have a shekel in his mouth. With that shekel, Peter was to pay the tax for himself and Jesus. If Jesus and his followers had failed to pay this religious tax, most likely others would have misunderstood. The loving thing for Jesus and his disciples to do was to take into account their influence on others and pay the tax. Concern for others is a valid reason for not always exercising one's rights. That's it for chapter 17 today, guys. Very good and powerful chapter, starting with the Transfiguration. One of my favorite moments in the Gospel. Um, you know, it shows us that the Law and the Prophets point to Jesus. And we also learned about the the demon-possessed boy with leprosy, or sorry, he was having seizures. And Jesus told them that they had faith even as small as a mustard seed. They would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for us. You know, it's great to have a whole lot of faith, to know in your knower that it can be done. But even having faith as small as a mustard seed, the smallest seed out there, that can do incredible things. You can do incredible things, not with your own power, but with faith in Christ, even just a little bit of faith. Just praying to God, talking with Him, asking for protection and guidance, and just believe. Just a little faith. And that can literally move mountains. And this last one is something that I've come to notice in my own life. I don't know if it's because I'm a child of God. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I feel like lately I've been having influence over the things that I try I, that I choose to do. You know, in my job, if I I decide that for myself that it's okay to do something, I start noticing that other people start doing something similar. And this kind of falls inside, it coincides with the teaching of the temple tax. You know, the loving thing for us to do is to do what we know is right. In case we know, or in case people are watching us, and we influence them. And that may make them do the same thing also. You know, if we're at work and we decide today that we're just going to take a little break when we're not supposed to, that may influence other people around you to do the same thing also. So we're influencing people to do what, what is not right. So we need to be on guard for our, ourselves to make sure that we know we are doing what's right. Not just because it's the right thing, but so that we may influence others to do right also. It's very powerful, and that's something that 
I needed to hear for myself. It's very good. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, tomorrow will be in chapter 18. And I'm really enjoying going through the book of Matthew with you. I've been learning things along with you. It's been very great for my own personal walk with Christ. I'm looking forward to getting through Matthew and into other books and just going going forward from there and we learn about God and His Word together. You know, I'm so very thankful for God's Word in my life. God's Word has directed me, shown me truth. It's purified me of the, the evil that was in me. I'm not perfect. I'm still, still trying to walk with Christ and I'm trying to do what is right. Slip up every once in a while. But I get up and I keep pushing forward. Praise God. Not by my strength, not by my will. By the guidance, the Holy Spirit that lives within me. And I'm just very thankful for what God has done in my life, what He's doing. Very thankful for His Word. Very thankful that I've been given the opportunity to do this podcast. And if even just one person could hear and it changed their life forever, for eternity, that would be more than enough. That would be more than enough. Guys, I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you all tomorrow in Chapter 18. Have a good night.